0: Who is God? We're going to try to answer the question, who is God? For years and generations and centuries, people have said, who is God? We started this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we did uh, section or part one and part two. How, how involved is God in this world? To what degree is He orchestrating the things of this world? What degree do you have... To play part in it. Is God controlling everything? Or are you playing a part in it? What are we responsible for? You know, we've seen biblical passages that we've come across and we've thought, Wow, you know, I don't know if I really understand that. But I do know that we are on a journey to really find out who is God. So if you weren't here for parts 1 and 2, get with Pastor Augustine. Pastor Augustine, raise your hand. He can, he, he can make the CDs, or you can go online, lwfchurch.com, and you can download that or listen to that. If you got your iPod, you can actually hook in there and listen to, your, to it on your iPod, can't you? So we're going we're gonna to start. I, I've got a handout for you. I hope that will help you. You know what I want you to do, because some of the things that we're going to talk about tonight might be a little different than how you've thought or experienced God. Is it okay if we get out of the norm? Yeah. I mean, God's not just a normal God. Hello. So let's take a look and see what we've, we've kind of taken uh, the first few, um, first few messages. First of all, we know that, that God is a creator. We know that he's eternal. We can go back in Genesis and we began to look at all that. We know that there's a spirit aspect to God. You know, the Holy Spirit was there and he could move about the earth. The spirit of God can move. We know that when God speaks, He speaks and things come into existence. Things begin to happen. We know that God is powerful. We know that He's almighty. We know that it was the word El Shaddai, the the abundantly breasted one. God is powerful and almighty. God remains very much involved and intensely concerned about us. God's not just sitting up there, not doing anything. God is vulnerable in relationships. We've learned that from Genesis, and He loves. We are made in God's image. Say, I am. Made in God's image. Made in God's likeness. So we're made in God's image. We're made in God's likeness. Although we may be very different, our our being is like God's being. Hello? So we want to be able to operate spiritually. We also want to be able to... to, to to have dominion and rulership and authority, because we're made in the image of God. And one of the things that we have to understand is that God is the God wants to bless us. Hello? He's a God of blessing. God didn't put a bunch of rules together, didn't put a bunch of uh, of, of things and say, this is the way it's going to have to be. You toe the line, you know, or you don't get anything. God blesses us. There are times when no matter, no matter how good I am or how bad I am, the blessings of God will still come upon my life. So we're going to talk about some things tonight. Are you ready? James chapter 117 really talks about the blessing of God. And it says, whatever is good and perfect comes to us, From God, the creator of all light, and he shines forever without change or shadow. Say, if it's good, it's from God. Say it again. If it's good, it's from God. See what I mean? We've got to continue to understand, not not just if it makes you feel good, but when there's good things that come our way, God's the one bringing those good gifts. When you get a good gift, it's from God. God's not going to give you a gift and have you open it up in 107 degrees and it be frozen ice cream that's melted. That wouldn't be a good gift, would it? God's not going to give you a gift that's going to harm you, hurt you, come on, destroy you. God's not going to give you a gift. If you get a gift like that for those things, that's not God. In the Garden of Eden, God was there with Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve experienced the intimacy with God. He walked with them in the Garden of Eden. He was there. He visited with them. He talked with them. In the cool of the evening, the Bible says that God would visit with them. Adam and Eve sinned and the relationship changed. We know things began to shift. But God gave His promise of a coming Messiah. Even at that time, early in creation, God said, Hey... Although, I know you're going to walk away, I'm going to make provision. And He still created us. He made provision for us. And that provision was a renewed relationship with Him. So we saw the relationship that got broken. Then we see now with the with Messiah, Jesus Christ, the relationship coming back together. Uh, praise God. Let's give the Lord some praise for Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. I mean, you know, if it wasn't for Jesus, Nobody can do me like Jesus can do me. Throughout the Old Testament, we see God dealing with humankind. We see how patient he was with the Hebrew people. (laughs) Time and time again, God was patient with them. So we know a God, a God of patience. In the New Testament, we see the great demonstration of his love when he sent Jesus Christ to die for us. Jesus died for you to reconcile us back to God. So I want to, I want to, I want to get right into you. You're welcome to look at those notes. I'm going to have you, have you just take some additional notes. But what I want us to look at tonight is that God is a relational, social, and personal God. God's not a plastic Jesus that you put on the dashboard. God is not a a round Buddha statue that you might put on your fireplace. Hello. God is not a statue of Mary that go, belongs in some type of soapbox deal or display case. Hello? God is, is not a piece of wood or fire or a burning ember. Um, God is not the cow. Hello? You know, so uh, you know, we look at all these different things in a lot of different religions. They look at God. God's not the one that's going to give somebody seven virgins... Because they go kill somebody else. Hello? It's not the God I serve. Don't tell me Allah is the same as Jehovah. Because I don't serve that God. That's not my God. Come on somebody. So we want you to understand that he's relational, social, and personal. Do you know that God knows your name? Don't think that you might need meet somebody and that they may not have had a relationship or got connected to God that God doesn't know their name. God knows their name. He's personal. He's personal. You know, many people describe some people as social. Some people that are social. Then there's some people that, if they're not social, they're might they might be what reclusive. Now they're social, or they're we might say they withdraw, or we might say oh somebody has an outgoing personality. We might say that they're fun loving. And they're just outgoing. And then we've got others that, that might be introspective and they might be a loner. You've seen the people like that? So, well, the God that we serve is not a God that's a loner. He wants to be involved in our lives. God, the God, the creator that started everything, he put the world in motion and he's not just sitting back seeing how it's going to run. He wants to be involved in your life. He wants to be involved in your decision making. He wants to be involved in your lives. He wants to be involved in your children's lives. Your grandchildren's lives. He wants to be involved in your lives. Your parents' lives. He wants to be involved in your husband's life. Or your wife's life. He wants to be involved in your aunt and your uncle's life. He wants to be involved in your, in, 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 your, in, in your relatives. He wants to be involved in every aspect and he wants to be involved in everybody's life. Genesis 4. Let's go to Genesis 4 and, and if you can't keep up today, it's okay. Just take some notes and, and uh, download it and listen to it again. Because the Bible reveals about how God wants to be involved with us. Did you know that? I mean, God wants to be involved with you. Can you make, you got to make every single decision it has to be based on what God says. You're going to wait till you hear from God what you're going to put on in the morning. You're going to wait to hear from God whether or not you can eat eggs or whether you're going to eat the bacon. Hello? You know, there's some decisions that we make that God says, you know, you make the decision. It's okay. You make the decision. Whatever decision you make is going to be all right. God wants to be involved in our lives. And we're going to look at that real quick. Genesis chapter 4. Let's look at uh, the end of verse 4 and the beginning of verse 5.
1: And the Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering. But for Cain and for his offering he had no regard. Whoo!
0: This was after they were out of the garden. God still wanted to be involved in Abel's life. God still wanted to be involved in Cain's life. Two different decisions... God wants to be involved with us. Two different responses when they brought their offering to God, the Bible says that, that Cain he, he didn't have any regard for his offering. God doesn't see us as like humans would by looking at an ant hill and just watching the ants work. You ever watched an ant hill? You just look down and really, you don't know what ant is doing what. You just know there's a lot of ants down there and they're going after it. God's not that way. God's not just looking down and just letting everything run and looking down at society, as a human, human society, as the world, and saying, well, I guess I'll go over here and look at Pluto a little bit and see what's going on there. God wants to be intimate. He wants to be social. He wants to be personal within us. So we see Abel and Cain, and there was two different responses. But you can see that this scripture literally shows us that God wanted to be involved in Abel's life. God wanted to be involved in Cain's life. He watches over us. He cares for you as an individual. Say, I'm an individual. God cares for you as an individual. Don't think that God doesn't care for you as an individual. He knows us intimately. And you can read Psalms 139, 1 through 3. Read that, Angela, if you will.
1: Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down. You are intimately acquainted with all my ways. man.
0: Is that an intimate scripture? You know, it's like, hey, you know me. We think we can hide. We can think we can try to hide motives. We think we can try to hide ideas. We think we can go to another community and do some things that maybe wouldn't be pleasing so somebody wouldn't see you. We think we can hide from God. And he's like, man, you search me. You know me. He's like, you know me when I sit down. You know me when I get up. You know everything about me. God knows the number of hairs on your head. Now that's something else there. The ones you drop in the sink. God knows them. You know what I mean? I mean, it's true. So God is intimate. He's personal. He's relational. He says, you know me. You you understand my thoughts from afar. You scrutinize my path, my lying down. You are intimate. Intimately, look at that last verse, you are intimately, not just flippantly want to hear about it, you are intimately acquainted with all of my ways. Chronicles 28, 9b says, for the Lord searches all hearts and he understands every intent of the thoughts. He knows us by name, yes, he is relational, he is social, and he's personal. Personal. The next one I want to give you is that God shows favor. God does show favor. Okay? We're going we're to we're kind of take a look at some of that. The Bible said that Enoch walked with God and was no more. So when it says he walked with God and was no more then can't we assume that there were others that didn't walk with God? Right? Enoch walked with God and was no more. The Word of God also says that Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So can I be safe to say that there were those that didn't find favor (laughs) in the eyes of the Lord? Right? Right? So there were some that found favor and some that didn't find favor. Some people think that God's just sitting up in heaven, emanating love like the sunlight floods the earth, without respect to who the light falls on. Yet, in Scripture, we continue to see Him very responsive and interactive with us. He wants to be involved in our lives. He, he wants to be there for decision-making. Well, preacher, I hear you what you're saying. But you know, the Bible says that he causes the sun to rise on the good and the evil as well. Yeah, but that what that means, and it's in Matthew chapter 5, what that means is that God is giving every person provisions, opportunities, and blessings. It doesn't mean that he's going to treat everybody the same way. Does everybody on the earth get treated the same way? I mean, you can look at third world countries, second world countries. You look at our country now. You can look in here and God does not treat us all the same way. And he doesn't give all of us the exact same benefits. He doesn't. Throughout the Bible, they had different benefits, different people, different benefits. So what about Enoch? He showed favor to Enoch. What about Noah? He showed favor to Noah. What about Saul? He had to have shown favor to Saul. Do you want to know why? Because when he came to Saul, Saul was not alone. And he picked Saul out. Of all those that were with Saul, and he blinded Saul. He showed favor to Saul. He picked Saul out of the middle. Saul, who we now know as Paul, he showed favor to him. And out of all those that were with him, He targeted him and showed favor to him. Okay? So here's what I know. God can show mercy on whomever he wants to show mercy on. Hello? He doesn't have to treat the same human being the same way. I wish it wasn't that way. But he doesn't treat us all the same. He can choose an individual... To do whatever he wants them to do in the manner he wants them to do it. Let me say that again. He can choose an individual to do whatever he wants them to do in a manner in which he wants them to do it in. God doesn't, it's not a cookie cutter God. He's just not everything like that. He can give special benefits to someone just by the way they respond. By the way you respond to God, He can give you special benefits. Don't you, parents, give your children special benefits by the way they respond? Don't you, grandparents, give your children, grandchildren, special benefits by the way they respond? Hello? Look at, look at Psalms 147.11 on your handout there.
1: The Lord favors those who fear Him, those who wait for His loving kindness. Man, David David wrote this. He said, man, he said, the Lord
0: favors those who what? Fear Him. That's reverence. That's awe of God. The Lord's going to favor you as you have reverence and awe for God. I respect God. I honor God. I don't want to do anything to hurt God. I don't want to do anything to hurt my relationship with God. But doesn't the Scripture say... Look at that. You see it? Everybody see it? What's that? The Lord what? Favors. Say favor. He favors those who have his loving kindness. It's like, okay, because of there's a certain relationship that David had with God, he gained favor with God. Didn't anybody know about the story of David? Not only did he gain favor with God, God said he was a man after his own heart. And he was a man after his own heart. And David committed murder. He committed adultery. He did those things. But yet God said, Yeah, if, I'm going to give you favor. Because you fear me. See, that's the God that we're talking about. In the midst of what can go on, he gives you favor in your life. Don't, think, don't you think that God shows you favor? There's some times where... So I, there's times I know that I've had the favor of God. There's times where I should have been dead and I'm alive. Hello? Look at what he does to certain evil people. You know, I wanted to give you the good and the bad. Psalms 55, or, or 5, verse 5b, the second part of that verse, it says, You hate all who do iniquity. Verse 6, The Lord abhors the man of bloodshed and deceit. Psalms 11, And the one who loves violence, his soul hates I've talked to people and they're like, well, why would God send somebody to hell? That's not a God that I want to serve. I don't think you got a choice. You can serve Him or not serve Him. I guess that is a choice. But when you look at it, God's not the one that's sending you to hell. It's decisions that you've made. Hello? And there's... I look at it time and time again and I see where God is so wanting a relationship with us. See, that's the whole the whole rub from the Old Testament to the New Testament was when Jesus was coming in and go, I got a relationship with God. And the Pharisees were like, "What? You can't get to God but through us. You got to go pay your money. You got to come on the feast." You've got to celebrate those things and you've got to come in and you've got to, in order for you to be forgiven, you've got to come to the priest. Come on somebody, it was a power base shift. Jesus said, hey, I'm just doing what my father tells me to do. There was an intimate time with God. Before the Pharisees, they knew of God as, you get out of line, you're dead. Lightning strike from heaven, are you with me? Disease come upon people's body. So the Pharisees knew of God as a distant God that they were afraid, scared of. Jesus had feared God with respect and awe and he said, that's my dad. That's, I'm just doing what daddy says. I'm intimate with dad. And they're like, intimacy? He's talking about God. Like That's blasphemy. You can't talk about God that way. You can't know God that way. And we see continually where the rub was from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Say favor. Favor. And I know this is, we're going to get into some things because some Christians, man, they can't accept this varying attitude of God. God's not schizophrenic. He's intimate. We're going to get into some things tonight that's going to shake you. A lot of times people look at it and they think, well, God's just up there radiating light from heaven and he's just warming everybody. And everything is just wonderful. And when they see Scripture in that light and they read Scripture in that light, then they come across Scripture, they're like, don't make sense. But God's still just radiating light from heaven on everybody. There's special, uh, let me give you some example. There's several passages that we're told that God shows no partiality. Some translations say He's no respecter of person. You ever read that? See, we understand we have to look at the Bible and we have to interpret the Bible because it should interpret itself. So can we look at a few of those scriptures? I wanted to give these scriptures to you because I want to just take some time and look at these scriptures. Romans chapter 2, and I want us to look at verses 9 through 11, and then we're going to look at some context of it, and we're going to get a greater understanding
1: of God tonight. Romans chapter 2, verses 9 through 11. There will be tribulation and distress for every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first and also of the Greek. But glory and honor and peace to everyone who does good, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For there is no partiality with God.
0: There it is. For there is no partiality with God.
1: Oh, brother, everything going to be good because,
0: you know, God is good to me and He's going to be good to you. And God has blessed me this way and He's going to bless you the same way. And we begin to look at it and we begin to say, wait a minute. First of all, we need to look at what took place here. What I'm teaching you to do is who said it, under, to whom was it said, under what circumstances was it said, what did it mean to them then, what did it mean to us now? And if you look at that and you see what he wrote it to the church of Roman, the Roman church, Paul wrote that and he wasn't talking about whether you're going to be blessed or I'm going to be blessed. He was talking about judgment. He was saying there's going to be a time where the Jews are going to be judged and the Greek and the Gentiles are going to be judged and God is no respecter of person. It don't matter what you got, what you don't got. Come on, somebody. It don't matter if you're a Jew or you're a Gentile. When judgment comes, it ain't going to matter. So in that regard, he has no partiality. But again we got to put it in context and if we put it in context that we got to notice that God is talking about people being a Jew or a Greek it's talking about judgment okay Peter understood the same thing I put down with you acts chapter 10 because Peter understood that it says in verse 34 he opening his mouth Peter said I most certainly understand now That God is not one to show partiality. But in every nation, the man who fears him and does what is right is welcome to him. God won't favor the Jews over the Gentiles. That's what he was saying. It wasn't about what side of the track you came on or didn't come on. Come on, somebody. It was about judgment, and it was about favoring the Jews over the Gentiles. He was saying, all are welcome regardless of race. Say, all are welcome. All are welcome, all are welcome. All are welcome regardless of race. And, and, and that's the thing that we've got to look at. Because many times there's a, a Christianity out there that says, no, it's only for the white folk. So the KKK operates under Christian premises, and they're wrong. They're wrong. They may, they, may, they may love God, but they got some skewed views of the Scripture. Hello? He's saying this for everybody. Again, when we look at partiality here, we have to understand judgment. Say judgment. Galatians 2.6 says, But from those who were of high reputation, what they were makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. I'm telling you, God's impartial towards social status of individuals. Whether you're great or small. Whether you're big or you're little. Whether you're a master or a slave. Whether you're famous or nobody knows your name. God says at the time of judgment, doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how much money you got, doesn't matter how much money you don't have. Doesn't matter what you own or don't own at the time of judgment. Okay? Are we we getting we getting there? Almost all the no partiality phrases is talking about judgment. And when it comes to judgment, God does not show partiality. But God does show favor he does show favor we've talked about it about position if you're in a closer position with God I'm telling you my grandchildren that are closer to me get more favor than those that are not doesn't mean I don't love the ones that are not hello but it's because of the position that they're at because of where they are you know what I'm talking about you guys have experienced the same thing Say favor. God shows favor. God shows favor. So what happens is I've got to understand that God shows favor. And if he chooses to favor Virginia or if he chooses to favor, you know, anybody else in this congregation, Stephen or Michelle, so be it. Praise God. That's why the Bible says rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. We got the weeping part down oh, I'm sorry, sister, things are difficult for you. Oh, I'll cry with you. But man, when God's blessing you and got a double raise, and you got, you know, we got this, and you got that, and whether it's material blessings or just, you know, things are happening, we're going, oh, well, that's nice. And we're going, God, how come, am I right or wrong? We've got this idea that, God, I should I should have what she has. I should get what she you, you know what? God's going to favor you differently than he's favored her. And it's okay. Say, it's okay. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's okay for him to favor you. It's okay for him to favor you, brother. It's okay for him to favor you. You know, it's like there's a time, there's a season. I love it when people get into the Word of God and they grab the Word of God and they get a hold of the Word of God and all of a sudden they break out of where they're at and all of a sudden they begin to start moving up and things start shifting in their lives and happening in their lives and you're like, woo, things are happening, aren't they? Yeah, things are getting good. Things are getting good. Man, we're doing this and doing that and this has been going on and and we're just like, yeah, baby, let's go because they're working the Word. They're working the Word. So we begin to look at this and we say, Okay, God, I I, I love it because I I want the favor of God. 2 Chronicles 16.9 If you don't think God's looking for somebody that He can favor, it says, For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that He may just a little support those who what? whose heart is what? Well, I don't know so and so, but I know they're a faith man and they've been preaching the Word of God and God is blessing them and I just don't understand why God is blessing them and not me. Maybe you need to read this Scripture. Maybe their heart is fully His. What are we holding back on our heart? Is there something in our heart we're holding back on? Hello? Hello? You know, when Lot came out of Sodom and Gomorrah, Lot's wife, the Bible says she turned and looked back. And in the New Testament, it mattered so much that they said, remember Lot's wife? What was in her heart that was there? You know what? She had children there that were killed. They didn't all come out with them. Son-in-laws So she turned and looked, pillar of salt. Because of what, her heart wasn't fully on God. God was delivering them. So I man, I look at this scripture, and I think, "Wow! God, you, you're 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 looking who you can. Oh, she's supporting me today. I'm gonna bless her, and oh 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 oh, she's supporting. I want to bless her, and you know I bless him. He's supporting me. Oh, she's I'm gonna, I'm gonna bless her. Oh, she's seeking after I'm blessing. Him. I'm gonna bless this guy. Oh, God, she's blessing. He's looking. He's looking. He's like, nope, not you. <laughs> nope, not you. Wait, nope, not you. Well, that's not fair. God's got to be a fair God. God is fair. Because God is the one who decides what's fair and what's not. Hello? Am I am I right or wrong? We can say, Well it's not fair, it's not fair, it's not fair, Terry. It's not fair that this guy's a craftsman. You ever seen something like that guy can build? And I'm like, God, I put something together and cut it and it don't match crown molding you guys know what i'm talking about i don't know i have tried to you gotta cut ground crown molding there's got to be a certain way if you some of you guys know anybody know what i'm talking about you try guys you tried to cut crown molding and and you cut it and it looks good down here and then you put it down there and it it don't match there's a big gap and i'm thinking wait a minute what did i do so i'm always got to take my saw and hang it upside down take the piece of you know right you know what i mean because you got to see it in reverse right In order to cut it, so I want to take the saw and put it in, cut it, and put it here, and cut it, and then when I put it up, it matches. God, he blessed Terry. He blessed Terry. Praise God he's blessed Terry. Then I can ask Terry, I said, Terry, can you teach me how to do this? (laughs) You know what I mean? And not be jealous of him. Stop being jealous of people. If God wants to favor you, let him favor you. And a lot of times, God will want to favor you, and you're like, oh, no, no. I've got to be humble. I just, you know, I just, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. Man, if God's favored you, just step into it and walk in it and just be all that He's given you to be. Let, let We've got to get delivered of other people and what they think. Hello? Okay. So tonight we see that God is what? Relational. We see that He's social. We see that He's what? Personal. That's why it's about a relationship and not a religion. That's why people are looking for something and they've got to come up with a relationship and not just a religion. God shows what? Favor. Say favor. God shows favor. If he's not favoring you now in your life, then maybe you need to move closer. Is that hard? Maybe you need to seek him and you'll find him. Maybe you need to be one that when he looks like this, you're over there going <laughs> Zacchaeus. I'm telling you. You think Zacchaeus is like, there's a Lord! There's a Lord! Lord, there's a Lord! Lord! There's a Lord! I want to see the Lord! There's a Lord. There the Lord! There is the Lord! There's the Lord! He's like There's the Lord! Jesus! Jesus! Hello? Is that not right? He's like, Jesus, Jesus! Jesus, Jesus! Jesus! Jesus, Jesus is, you know, he's going along. And he's just, you know, he's with all the people and they're all around. And Look at all the people. And all of a sudden, he's got to see. <laughs> oh, man, I'd love to hear Jesus' account of that deal. It's going to be nice when I get to hear that sometime. Not now. Not in the near future. It's, uh, I'm like, he looks up and there's Zacchaeus. Did he show him favor? Did he go to everybody's house that night? Or did he say, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house tonight. And he showed him favor. Maybe we need to be the one that says, okay, God, I don't know what's been going on in the past, but I'm cutting that thing off because I need the favor of the Lord. I want you looking. I want you going, where am I going to get favor? And I'm over here going, God, God, right here. God, favor right here. God, favor, 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 favor right here, God favor right here now i'm not after the favor i'm after connecting with god in a way that he'll look on it and say what do you need let me give you what you need i need wisdom for my kids god let me give it what you need i need wisdom for my job god let me give you what you need god i need wisdom in this difficult economic time let me give you what you need and he'll say i'll release it to you and not you, because you've been showing that you're faithful, that your heart is fully in the things of God. we got to stop just giving him half of our heart and begin to give him all of our heart to say, God, whatever's in me that's junk, get it out. Whatever's in me during worship time, that's all I'm doing. I don't know about you, but it ain't about raising my hands. But if i got to raise my hands, if the devil said, no, don't no, raise your hands, I'm going to go, I don't want to raise my hands. Feel like it. Feel like raising my hands. That might be the very thing that the Lord is looking in his eyes and he goes, Oh! Eric just raised his hands. And I'm going, God, 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 there's something in my heart. I don't like it. It's nasty. Get it out. Are you with me? Because it's in there. There's stuff in there. It's stuff in there. Or your mind. The Bible says it's an enmity with God. So we see favor. Say favor. Now the next one. Did I give you that last one? I did it. What pleases God? Hebrews 11:6. And it says without faith it is impossible to please God. Well, I live the best way and the most moral way I can. That's good. I give a hundred bazillion dollars to the church. That's good. But are you operating in faith? Are you stepping out and believing God? For your family? Are you believing God for your kids? Are you believing God for your spouse? Are you believing God for your career? Are you believing God for what it is that's there? Are we really operating by faith? Say faith. Faith. Say it again. Again? Faith. Faith. It's faith. It's faith. It's faith. We talked about it Sunday. It's faith that is the currency of the kingdom of God. It's faith that's going to get you saved. It's faith that's it's faith that's going to get you filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues it is faith that's going to get you healed it's faith that's going to bring you into joy it's faith that's going to give you strength in the middle of the night when things aren't going right it's the faith of God that you're going to be able to have to stand up in the midst of your mess and say God I'm still going to serve you God I'm still going to be one look for me God I'm struggling over here but it's the faith of God to know that he's going to show up in the midnight hour he's going to show up when it's just about time he's going to show up when you're down to the last it's the faith of god that says give me one more day let me take one more step let me shout one more shout let me sing one more song let me bring one more person to the lord let me help one more person with food it's going to be the faith of god that's going to bring some things and bust open some things and you're going to be able to say "Woo! this is what pleases god hallelujah There is not a single person that I know that loves the Lord that doesn't want to please God. Don't we want to please God? We want to please God. We want to please Him like our daddy. We want to please Him because there, there, I know there's relationships. There's young men, even old men that their fathers have died and they say, I just didn't get any respect from my daddy. I wanted to do something to please my daddy. I think there's something inherent, especially in men, that they want to be, they want to please them to be accepted they want to have pride you know pride or whatever it might be in their life and they want to please those things of their daddy that's in us i don't know about the ladies if it's in it as much as it is the men but that's in us i want to be i want my daddy to be proud of me i want my daddy to be proud of me i want my daddy to be proud of me and it's by faith what's going to please god is it going to please god we said about sunday it's not. It's 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 not it, going to church doesn't make you righteous. Hello, singing praise songs doesn't make you righteous. Tithing doesn't make you righteous. Praying does not make you righteous. It's what Jesus Christ has done for us that makes us righteous. Everything else, I am nothing but in Him I am the righteousness of God and because I am the righteousness of God I go to church and because I am the righteousness of God I tithe and because I am the righteousness of God I sing and because I am the righteousness of God I can declare and because I am the righteousness of God I pray and because I am the righteousness of God I sing joy to the Lord are you with me it's because I'm righteous that I do those things those things don't make me righteous one thing made me righteous and it was the blood of Jesus Christ don't ever 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 forget who made you righteous it's because of him he made you righteous you can't do it on your own you couldn't didn't have enough money you ain't. can't be good enough it's the righteousness of God through the blood of Jesus Christ that sets us right with God and faith pleases God Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's the faith of God. Say, it's the faith of God. It's faith in Him that's going to please Him. You want to please Daddy? I want to please Daddy tonight. I want to please Daddy tomorrow. Then have faith in Him. Have faith that He said, I'm not going to leave you, nor forsake you. I could be alone in a crowd. I can be alone in a crowd. But he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. God is a personal God. That's who we're serving. That's the difference between any other religion and anything else, is that God is an intimate God. He wants to be involved in your life, He wants to be involved with your battles, He wants to be involved with your victories. He wants to be involved with your setbacks. Well, you got a setback, get ready for a comeback. Come on, somebody. You might be down by 20, but in the fourth quarter, you're going to drive, you're going to drive, you're going to drive, and you're going to score, and you're going to... You know, we, we don't have to get to victory. We got to victory. Amen? So tonight, we're shifting how we're understanding God. God gives her favor. Praise God. He's given you favor. There's favor in your life. There's not a single person in here that's never received the favor of God. We've all received favor. Let's thank the Lord for his favor tonight. Can you thank the Lord for his favor on your life? Favor at times when you were on that motorcycle. Leaning as far as you could go because the wind was blowing in the other direction to try to push you over. Favor that an angel of the Lord applied the brake and gave it gas, and you missed that accident by that much. It's the God in our lives. It's that favor. We're learning who God is, and I've set this up for Virginia because we're stepping into faith on Sunday because I didn't get finished with my message. Y'all wouldn't let me get there. But we told you Sunday I was going to take it step by step because if we're going to learn, how to operate in the kingdom of God through difficult economic times, then we're going to have to get those principles in the word of God, and you're going to have to apply them. And we're not going to go anywhere without faith. That's the vehicle that's going to get us to where we need to get. Amen? Will you stand tonight? You might be here tonight, and God wants to take you from one level of faith to the next.